Open the door and come on in. Cause this is where the fun begins. You don't have to be a penny or a dollar to step inside Gelato's parlor. This podcast can pass a test. And you'll enjoy my special guest. Take a seat and close the door. And join Mr. Red and find out more. So let's hear your holler. Welcome to Gelato's parlor. With your host, Rachel O. That's me. Hello, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Gelato's Parlor. You just heard my very own theme tune, which I wrote just before Christmas, Gelato's Parlor. Now, we're in early January. We're beginning the third lockdown, and it's all getting a little bit miserable. So um, these podcasts are keeping me sane, and I hope when you listen, they'll keep you a little bit sane too. I really hope you do listen, and I, I thank you very, very much for your uh, listening uh, last year as well. We had some lovely figures. Uh, without further ado, my very special guest is Mr. Russ Kane, my coffee-drinking, cigar-smoking compadre. Now, Russ is a multi-talented guy. He's done so many things. He was the flying eye at Capital Radio for 20 years in the plane above London, you know, and the on-air partnership with Chris Tarrant. Russ has also hosted a show on BBC London. Um, he's He's been a music business manager, which he'll tell you all about the good, the bad and the ugly of that. Russ is a drummer and he has his own stand-up show called Caned Laughter. Uh, Russ appeared at the Crazy Cox in London, among other venues, uh, the Edinburgh Festival and also in Los Angeles. And he was a big success over there. Um, he's also a novelist who has written a great novel called The Gatekeeper, a highly acclaimed novel called The Gatekeeper. I can vouch for this because I read it and it's absolutely fantastic. And it had a wonderful endorsement by the great Anthony Horowitz. More recently, Russ is hosting the men's radio station with uh, Phil Dave. And the men's radio station is absolutely wonderful on Facebook. It deals with all sorts of problems of men's mental health. Anyway, without further ado, would you please meet the multi-talent that is Mr. Russ Kane. How are you coping in all this business, Russ? It's driving me mad. It's driving me mad. You've got to take it day by day. You know, uh, it's hard, but it's hard. It's hard for everybody. You know, we've never established this. And although the important thing to say is, you know, you've got a roof over your head, you've got food on the table, you're in reasonably good health. That's fantastic. But then the, the, the mental attitude of this is, it, it, it hits you hard. You can't see your friends. You can't see your family. I wasn't able to see my kids over Christmas for the first time ever and and that hurt so what can you do you know it is what it is and you just gotta you gotta go with it but i've no, it. I, I, you know I, i've noticed through through this that I'll, I'll mention in a minute what obviously the, the multiple talents of russ kane and, and the millions of things you've done in your life and your, your career right well i've done a lot of well, things but the other thing is i've noticed in this you know from the beginning of this pandemic mm. um how your radio show, uh, the men's health radio show, has has taken off. I'm backing up. I'm going right, right forward because there's a million things you've done before that. But how have you you kind of found that? As that that's obviously kept you. It says mental health, but it's probably helped to keep you sane, having something to do. And this this three it, times a week is the it, show. It, it's been it's been lovely. You know, we started women's radio station in January 2018, and then we started men's radio station in January 2019. Obviously, not knowing that 
COVID, who knew, right? And uh, it's taken off like a rocket. And I get so many messages saying thank you. But really, I need to thank the listeners all over the world because it's kept me sane and kept me going. And it's really important to have little markers in the sand because otherwise the the week just stretches ahead and you think, well, what the hell am I going to do? So it's really good. We do, I do four shows a week. Uh, We did do five shows a week, but it was, it was just killing us. So I I do that, but it's on the radio is the men's radio station and women's are on 24 hours a day. It never stops. That's brilliant. And your partner, Phil Dave as well. You know, how do you, because I noticed what a great rap, rapport you two have and oh, i can bless. see this Thank thing you. i could see this thing getting getting further you know if you've got well, any, any plans you. on trying to do that you know uh, well you know, you know it's very rare and it's difficult to have an on-air radio partnership you see so many of them where it's just forced and false and it never works uh you know i was very lucky at capital that it just worked beautifully um and i've known phil for years and I said, well, why don't we do this, uh, you know, when we do the shows, because I like to have someone to bounce off. It's better. And it's just really worked out. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed it continues to do so. It, it's uh, it's serendipity. You can never tell how these things are going to go. You know, you think you might have that chemistry, and then you, you start recording or get in the studio, and it's an absolute disaster because there's nothing. But it, 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 it works out very well, but, and uh, I'm not smart enough to work out the psychological reasons why it just does. Well, you know, the, you, you can't analyse it. It, it. it just does. And I think, you know, when people make comments on that show, it's like a therapy in itself for those people, mm. you know, helping them. And, it is. Because we all, we're all, this is not a, you know, we're human beings, we're social animals. And yeah. not, not to be able to have that, or the way we've had that this year, like you and I and Colin Vaines, for example, we meet up for our, our cigars and that. Sorry, Col- Colin, Colin. Colin, Colin Vaines. <laughs> he, was, no, he was the guest no. before you, mate. Don't, never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. And, and you know, just Does he wear a black hat? He wears a black hat and he's okay. a film producer. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, he'll get, it, we, 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 we had him on and he was, you know, speaking a, a whole lot of interesting stuff about Soho and, and touched upon the same thing. Why of, does he uh, never talk interesting stuff when we have coffee and cigars with him? <laughs> and never. He's going to be very stupid. happy at this. Oh, man. But, but you know, these little interactions have meant, have meant so much in this, in this yeah, really t- terrible time. And when they're taken away again, and, you know, like we're, having, we're doing this on the, on the Zoom, and thank God for it, but it's, it, it's just so depressing when you can't have these kind of things. It's been like this yo-yo, this sort of what I call this okey-cokey they've been playing, where one minute we can do it, one minute we can't. And I think that's almost worse, you know. Well, it's, you know, it's the whole thing, what is it, better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Not always sure. That, not always sure that's true. You know, it's like having something fabulous and then going, "Oh, you can never have that again." And you go, "Oh, okay." We, we, um, we, we, we it, will, though. You know, we will. It will come. It, yeah, eventually. I mean, you, you know, eventually. I, I'm, I'm braced for another six months of this. Um, yeah. In in varying forms, but it, it's interesting because suddenly, you know, Doreen, the hairdresser from Stoke on Trent's an acknowledged global health expert well you're not yeah yeah you're not you can't listen to everybody um it's, it's that's the way madness lies i listen to nobody listen to now russ i don't listen to any i just do keep quiet and and you know don't put the news on anymore because it's no i haven't much. watched the news i haven't watched news in years um because i find it so depressing and also propaganda uh, propaganda in some ways 
uh, an agenda pushing in another way. And uh, it's always depressing. And I don't want people's interpretation of the news. If you want to do the news, just read the news. Yeah. Then to go, and now to our expert, Ray Gillard. Ray, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I don't care. Just no, tell me the bar, event. Bar tell me what's happening. Don't give me an interpretation of it. I don't need it. I'm a grown-up. But what uh, I said to you, were, you know, when we first commented a couple of minutes ago, that you're, you're, you know, when I look at what you've done, right, you, you don't really tell me because we just talk and we have a cigar and I know snippets. And I got, I gleaned some information of what you've done when I saw your, your canned laughter show at the Crazy Coach, your stand-up, right? But you're, you've done, you, honestly, I think, but of anybody I know, you've done more things. Let me just read, I'll, I'll tell everyone at the beginning of this, Fly and I, Capital Radio, 20 years, yeah. right, with the on-air yeah. partnership with Chris Tarrant. Yeah. You were a BBC London host, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've managed to bring up uh, three kids after the four, f- four children. Oh, yeah, it was three plus VAT. Oh, no, three kids. plus VAT four, after four the, the you know your wife passed away, which is an unbelievable achievement itself. Well, You've managed. Did, you, it, well, you know, I, I have to say that uh, I had huge help, which I could not have managed without. Which is sort of put that out there probably but it's, it's up, you know what really all these kind of things you've managed a girl band which we'll touch upon oh. in a minute if you want <laughs> you're a novelist right yes yes and and yeah. you you're you're a, you're a, and now you're doing the men's radio stage but what, what yeah. i'm saying is i learned what you did more on um obviously i knew about the flying eye but on the especially the stories about the, the hilarious things you were saying about the flying eye on Capital Radio, when I saw the ca- your canned laughter show, which yeah, you yeah. said to me at the end, you said, you said, I don't want to talk about this, it's been a disaster. And I thought the show was bloody marvellous. It was hilarious. Everybody was laughing. Well, you you seem to be the only one that didn't like it. But tell us a little bit about can- first canned well, laughter, then we've got the flying eye. Well, hang, well, hang on a minute. Let's, let's go back to that. You perform, I've seen you perform. Do you know how we first met? You've got no idea. I used to live in Streatham. And uh, every day I walk my dog, and I'd always try and find a little calf, have a cup, cup of coffee, and go home on my walk. That was my, that's what I like to do. I still like to do it. And in this particular cafe, they did uh, it was a little place called the Hideaway, not downstairs, which I'll come on to in a minute, but just they had a little cafe upstairs, and they had video screens, and I'm sitting having my coffee. And they were showing videos of people that they'd had. I didn't even know it was a venue, to be perfectly honest. I just thought it was a coffee shop. Didn't even know there was a downstairs, and which is huge. And um, sit, there's like two other people. And I'm looking at the screens, and there's this bloke doing jazz and press-ups, and he's jumping up. And I thought, what the bloody hell is this? This is great. And I started to track you down, because I was so impressed just by looking at the video. It was completely random. If I hadn't gone into the coffee shop seen your performance and thought this is great who is this guy he looks terrific and you know it was playing and i thought this is great and, and you were leaping around the stage like a lunatic and that's how i sort of tracked you down i think i said oh i just saw your video mr gelato blah 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 and then we became really good mates it's weird it's weird how things work out it's just absolutely fake, weird on, on facebook we've become pals yeah but and then it was th- facebook and everything th- then but i'd then, see you you know you're gone but the point about it is you perform if you don't think you gave a good performance, everyone in the, you know, Ronnie Scott's and coming, oh, right, that was great. If you're not happy with it, you're not happy with it. I mean, I think that's any artist, right? If yeah. you don't think it was the best you could have done or you're self-critical or something, it doesn't matter if everyone in the audience, oh, right, that was great. You, you'll go home and think, mm, I could have done this better. I could have, you know, that's how it was. And, uh, and I did Crazy Cox, 
um, which is a fantastic venue just off Piccadilly. And um, I wasn't exactly sort of the audience seemed to absolutely love it, but I wouldn't even come on for the encore. I just went into the dressing room and stared into the mirror and started swearing at myself because I, I didn't think I'd given up my best, but everyone else seemed to absolutely love it, which was great. No, I know uh, that feeling. I, am, I know that feeling so well. But I'm hypercritical. So well. You know, I'm hypercritical. I, I, and I never play, uh, and I never have played competitive sport because the only person I'm interested in beating is myself. <laughs> That's it. I only want to stretch what I can do and make it better for myself, for my own satisfaction. So that's why that particular night it's called caned laughter which is just a pun obviously on canned laughter yeah and um yeah i mean that came around by accident as per usual and you've done you've also done uh well i know you've done edinburgh which i'll talk about uh, uh, uh yeah, you know the on, on the intro but you've done la as well yeah where'd, yep. where'd you play I, in la mate uh santa monica playhouse Took a, took it over for a weekend, sold out every show. And how did they how did they how they take the the humour? You know the. Well, I rewrote the, the show for America. I rewrote right. it, and it, it. I mean, not only did it sell out. This is a theatre. They had to put extra seats on the stage. Extra seats on the stage. I couldn't believe it. I'm completely unknown over there. I did it all myself. <laughs> you know, I like to set these stupid challenges. I don't have a manager or an agent. And I just thought, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? So I asked a few of my pals in LA. I said, where would be a place like it? And they said, why don't you try this? So I went on the website and it's just a lesson in never giving up. He said, no, you've got to submit the script and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with all that. So I just wrote them an email explaining what I wanted to do. They came back within like 20 minutes and I booked it up. Took myself over there, did all the publicity, sold it out. I've done it three times, I think. Two or wow. three times. Uh, what, a, yeah. what was it? Obviously, it's an incredible thrill to play over there as, a, as an yeah, English stand-up. I, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. But the American audiences, as you know, I mean, you've travelled much more than I have over there, performed it much more. Yeah, they're a good audience. Uh, totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Much more enthusiastic. They're enthusiastic in- from the get-go, from oh, the start. Oh, man, they love yeah. it. They yeah. love it. And also, LA is very odd. Um, in England, especially London, you'd say, let's go see Ray Gelato. When's he playing? Oh, he's playing in six weeks' time. All right, we'll buy tickets now, right? Mm. In LA, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but in Los Angeles, they'll wait till like four in the afternoon. What are you doing today, Ray? Well, I don't know. Do you want to go and see a stand-up? Yeah, all right. And so when I'm looking at the ticket sales, they're not released on my computer, the systems I was using, till four o'clock. So I was absolutely on tenterhooks until then because it looked like you sold nothing and suddenly boom that's unbelievable it's a, it's a different culture it's a very different culture over there i like it do you i, love I like it. it i like I it. Love a lot it. of people I knock lo- america it. and it's very yeah. trendy to knock america and oh, it's you know let's, let's not get in the, the yeah, but i i lived there in. russ i lived there in 2000 with rebecca before the kids we lived in florida yeah. i was running a band in a supper club and i've never come across uh, friendly, a bunch of people. They're fantastic. I feel so well. welcome. Uh, my daughter's American. I lived over there for three years. Um, I absolutely adore it. I've always thought, I mean, to be brutally honest, I've always thought I was born in the wrong country. Yeah, um, me too. I, I mean, I love London. I absolutely mm. love London. Take me out of London. I'm kind of totally lost. Uh, but I just feel very at home over there. I lived, uh, you know, in New York. Spend, now I spend as much time in the old days, as much time as I could in LA. I got a lot of friends. I like the weather. I like the, oh, it, it, you know, you open your curtains and you've got beautiful, clear blue sky and a, a vast load of opportunities. Yeah, and that's I agree. The difference. And people, I don't like opening the curtains and seeing grey sky. And no, you go, oh, 
what I found over there was people would take a, a chance on you. You know, we'd only been there a matter of weeks. We were invited to a Thanksgiving dinner where there were some yeah. other musicians. Oh, this is Ray plays. Next thing, that leads to a, a nightclub engagement. You prove yourself there, you get another one. Now, I find here in Europe, you've really got to prove, you, you've really got to um, um, jump through hoops constantly. And I did find in America, one thing just led to another. The snowball It's a can-do attitude. It's a can-do... Yeah. It, it, it's a very different thing. It's a can-do um, attitude, um, which I've always enjoyed. I've always been fascinated by it. Since trendy to hate it, though, isn't it now? Six. Trendy who to hate it now. And nobody, you know what that is, don't you? I mean, I mean, we're not talking about politics or Trump or anything. I don't jealous. want to bring anything. I think it's a, it's it's a lot of envy because it is that can-do thing. But talking, you were just talking about blue skies, right? Hmm. We, we have because. These podcasts, I like to keep them quite quite brief and short and just get a nice story. Overview well, bye, doing. everybody. <laughs> no, see you, Ross. Thanks, thanks Ray. That's great. The flying eye capital. You know, how yeah. the hell did that come about? And, and well, oh. how did you feel about going up in a plane? Did you were you oh. shitting yourself? It, it came about no, no, that would have been quite unpleasant, as a matter of fact. Thank you, Raymond. Um, it came about because my oldest friend is a lovely chap called Peter Suchet, brother of David and John Suchet, as in Poirot, etc. And my family and his family grew up together and I knew his mum and dad. I absolutely adored them. I, I knew the grandparents as well. I mean, you know, David Suchet's grandparents. That's how far back we, we used to go on holiday together and yeah. everything like that. And then we, uh, so that was since we were like 14. And then Peter went into uh, advertising, worked his way up the greasy pole from, from literally from the uh, post rooms those days. Worked his way up to be very, very senior at Saatchi and Saatchi. Saatchi and Saatchi had an account called Capital Radio. One day, Peter phoned me up. He said, I just had a meeting with the boss there, and they need a new flying eye. And I suggested you. And I said, well, fuck off, because I'm not interested. One, I'm not getting in a little plane, because it would scare the hell out of me. And two, um, it's mornings. I hate mornings. He said, oh, look, look, I've, I've suggested you. It would get me off the hook. And, I, I, I you know, they said... Could you audition? Look, just do this. As a, I said, office. I'll phone. I'll phone the guy. Never expecting him to pick up the phone. Phone the guy. Pick. Get through to him. Oh, when can you come in? Okay. So I go. <laughs> I had no no desire to do any of this whatsoever. So I go to Elstree Airfield for an audition. They shove me in the back of this cockamamie little plane. And every five minutes they're turning. But every two minutes they're going. Are you okay? Everything all right? And I'm thinking this isn't like showbiz because. I was writing a lot of light entertainment people, and they're not that nice, uh, especially producers. And I'm thinking, they're being very pleasant. And I'm so thick. What they were trying to do was make me sick. And they were trying to throw the plane around. And I was so entranced by the view, which was magnificent, because you're only a 1,000 feet up. I hadn't occurred to me. And, of course, they were trying to make me sick. And only afterwards I discovered... The reason they were having so much trouble, they'd auditioned 500 people for this job. 500. And the people who could weren't sick couldn't talk. And the people who could talk were violently sick. So by, the, by dint of the fact that I didn't vomit and I could vaguely string a sentence together, uh, I got the job. And he, he phoned, I went into the studio, did a little thing with Graham Dean uh, that day. And then they said, well, we'll phone you at the end of next week. This was a Friday. I said, okay, because I didn't care. It wasn't, you know, I was very happy being a writer. And they phoned me the same day, the same Friday, which never happens with an audition, and said, oh, we'd like to offer you the job. And I found myself saying, 
uh, would you mind if I, uh, let me think about it. <laughs> can you, can you, can I think about it? So there was this shot voice and the guy said, um, when do you think you can get back to us? I said, well, it's Friday. I'll get back to you Monday, Mr. Casual here. And I thought about it and I went back and I said, I'll tell you what, I'm not sure this is for me, but let's get, do it for two weeks. And if it doesn't work out, no harm done. You can get somebody else. If it works out, I'll, you know, I signed a two-week contract and it lasted 20 years. And the guy who auditioned me was a wonderful guy who's still a very close friend there called David Briggs. And he created a little thing called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Wow. Yeah, what the a biggest quiz show in the history of television, um, which, you know, you talk about trying. He punted around for, after he left Capital, he went into TV. Uh, Etc. And he punted that around. Who wants to be a millionaire? Was originally called Cash Mountain. Two years, no one was right. interested. Couldn't so get it. Couldn't get it off the ground. Everyone thought it was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody took a punt. Wow. Now let me yeah. ask you a question, right? Did you ever get okay. sick up in the plane? Uh, no, I was never sick, but it was physically very uncomfortable. Can you imagine um, it being terrifying? I couldn't have done it. It wasn't. Uh, well, when things went wrong, it was horribly. It was very frightening. Uh, you know, we had one huge incident. How I wasn't killed, I don't know. Uh, that was a miracle. Uh, it's as near to death as I ever want to come. Thank you so much. Um, well, we had passengers every day because every charity in the world would write to Capital Radio, oh, we're having a ball, we're having an auction, we're having a... And eventually, you know, it got so popular that there was an 18-month waiting list. 18 months to come up as a passenger in the flying eye. Now, I've got a job to do because I was on that and Capital Gold, so I'm busy. Every passenger was sick. It was ghastly. Uh, you know, imagine you're trying to work. Imagine you're at Ronnie Scott's and everyone's just coming up and vomiting over your, your music sheets. That's what my day was like every day. Plus, I've had it with the drunks at Christmas time. Oh, I can't believe So how many people did that plane see? Uh, we only took off with four. It was, I think it was a six-seater. We had yeah. two planes because one got destroyed. <laughs> one got completely destroyed. I mean, literally destroyed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a, a little twin-engined, uh, tiny little plane. Yeah. Um, and when you see them being rebuilt and everything, there's no safety whatsoever. It's, it's like balsa wood, yeah? It's made of, <laughs> yeah, it's like an airfix kit. There's nothing. Oh, it's not like a car. You haven't got crumpled zones. It's just sort you of know, up there. Thinking, <laughs> it was just horrible. So we got away with it once, badly. We had other things happen. And eventually, after 20 years, to be honest, I thought, you know what? I'm really pushing my luck here. I'm pushing my luck. And at that point, uh, uh, my wife had passed. And I thought, mm, you know, I've got to be a bit more careful because the kids were only five. Uh, and I thought, no, this, this is... And I always promised myself when I stopped enjoying it, when it stopped being fun, I would stop. Yeah. And uh, after 20 years, Chris had gone. Uh, and then I went from mornings to afternoons. And then they said, oh, you can't speak to anybody. Uh, Neil Fox and I were furious because Neil and I are very good mates. And we couldn't talk to each other at all. We weren't allowed. And I thought, this is boring. And... I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. And 20 years was a fantastic run. It was wonderful. I enjoyed every single second of it. Incredible. It though, never but thought what, of it as work. What, what, what you just said when you just said about your, your, you know, your, your wife, Sally, um, mm. uh, died, died prematurely. And I was just, I don't like, I like to keep these upbeat, but it's important in your life because you've done so much. And the song that 
that I would always put to you would, would be that old one, pick yourself up and dust yourself off, start all over well, again. Fa- and that's yeah, the kind yeah. of guy you seem to be because well, you just you touch know, upon how, how, how long did, I know that grief doesn't go away because my wife lost, lost her dad prematurely as well and she's still there 10 years later. And I, how have you coped with that? Just, to, just in a nutshell, you know, how have you done that? You don't. I can't imagine you, how you would do had it. I been, had I not had the kids, who knows? Um, but I did. And you know, and then thank goodness somebody came into my life and uh, was magnificent about it. But um, what choice have you got? You, you can either sit down in the gutter and and you know just get run over and that's it, or you gotta you gotta press on. And they were you know they needed looking after, they needed cherishing, they needed loving, and that was that was it. I didn't see that there was a choice. Yeah, that's very interesting. And does grief go away? No, of course not. I mean, the great lie is time is a great healer. Time time is not a great healer. What you do is you, with any of these situations, with my parents who both passed, uh, you you, you adapt. You you adapt, and and that's all there is to it. It doesn't go away. It's not human nature for it to go away. Mm. But what it is is you, you, you adapt. And I don't live in the past. I live in the present. I look forward to the future. Um, you know, if you get stuck in the past, what's the point? Yeah, no, I agree with you. So a lot of people I grew up with of, of my age, or not, not a few of them, they're very dear friends, but they, they're stuck in the past. And I'm, I'm the same. I believe in moving. I, I believe in taking from the past, but you've got to move forward. But while we're I'll talking about what that, was a pivotal well, moment for me, I'll tell you what was a pivotal moment for me. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, so please don't ask. I was invited to a book launch of a well-known district who I'd never met. I'd never met this broadcaster. But I think the PR people knew me and they said, oh, come on. Okay, we're along. And it was December. It was a very nice do, you know, nice wine. Everyone was very charming and friendly. Um, and it was great. And then all I got from all these people, these were all the old-style DJs. I'm not going to go into any names, but you can think who they were. And all I heard from, and you know when you're at a cocktail thing or any do, you go from one group to another, and the conversation yeah. was always the same about the good old days and it's not the same. And, and and they were very nice. Don't misunderstand. They were very very nice people. And I remember I left and I stood on the corner of the street in London. It was freezing cold December. And I thought, I don't want to be those guys. I don't want to be looking back and saying no. the good old days and i want to look i want to look forward because otherwise your life's over what's the point That's right so it was a real seminal moment for me and although the the event was very charming but it was a wake-up call that i never wanted to it's never been my nature to hark back but you know uh, of all the people you, you're just saying all, the, all these things so in, interesting how you, you've coped but out of everybody I know, you know, we all know a lot of people, you, you seem to have done more than most. And the, I just wanted to, because last time we met, we, we had a yeah. cigar, we had a chat and, and a nice yeah. thing. And you somehow touched upon you, your uh, your interesting experience at managing the, the girl band. Oh, are, you, yeah. are you up for just talking a little bit about Very that? Very briefly, because otherwise I'm going to throw myself off a roof. I know. Um, <laughs> I, and how it was. People kept saying to me for years, oh, you would make a great manager. I said, really, would I? Oh, you'd make a great manager. You should manage. And I stupidly, stupidly listened to them. Uh, It was the worst thing I'd ever done. It was the worst decision I ever made, personally, financially, in every single way. I, I can't tell you how much it nearly destroyed me. And I, I freaking 
hated it, and I hated them, all of them. You told we me managed that, a lot no. of, but we had quite a roster yeah. of artists. Oh, I didn't part, know that. I thought it... Oh yeah, my partner and I, we had a right. big roster of artists, but Ray, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to mention who they are. I mean, we, we poured a fortune into it. We got the very, very best people that you could, the best writers, I mean, the best writers, the best producers from America, from Sweden, the best of the best, the best choreographers, the best stylists, hairdressers, you know, just poured a fortune into it. Um, one, you can't take on the system. You are wasting your time. Waste, you can't do it. You cannot beat the majors. It's quite mm. impossible. Two, I've never, ever, in all the things I've done, met such universally revolting people in my life. I've never seen them since the day I quit. I never want to see any of them again. They were... And they'll, they'll probably awful. never listen to my podcast anyway, so... They just I give them but, monkeys. They, they were... Just everybody. Producers were horrible. You yeah. Know, writers were... Everybody was horrible. I just, like... Russ, I've been in that. People. I've been in that world as well, and I and I know, I know. I, that's why I keep my thing a cottage industry because I've oh, been touched God. upon that. A, with, yeah, it was a horrible. shocking mistake. But uh, what epitomised it, it to me, the last thing what you said about it was when we met. What stayed in my mind was what a, when you told me you were sitting in a service station in the car oh, in the rain on your own. No, it was my birthday. <laughs> and it was your birthday. I, and we, we just finished. I'm sorry a, to laugh, a, but it's just. We, we, it was my birthday. We just finished a mini tour. It was October up north and I dropped off this was the, the, the girl man and I dropped them off at various stations so they could all go home because one lived in line but the rest all wanted to get home and everything so having driven and I'd been behind the wheel for hours and hours and hours and it was now late at night and it's raining of course I mean just like a movie I know I'm hungry and I'm thinking okay so I pull into a per, uh, service station and the only thing that's open is Burger King I never eat fast food. I never, ever. And I'm sitting basically alone in this huge service station. The rain's coming down on the windows. It's pitch black. It's my birthday. And I thought, what the hell am, what am I doing? This isn't life. This is madness. We've all been there, mate. You know, uh, it, I, I thought this is, and, uh, you know, and then it, it, it person, the personal cost emotionally, um relationship everything it was just it was a nightmare because we put our heart and soul into it for about six seven years uh, the worst thing was now you're a musician you're highly professional and you're highly regarded let's be serious i know we make some take the piss out of each other but you are right so we would like for the girl band we'd audition we'd audition hundreds and hundreds of girls and to get the right form mm. and everything like that and they start off and they're fine and you're pouring a fortune, a fortune, within a month, two months. They're, they're impossible to deal with. Honestly, they think they're they they think they're Celine Dion or something. You know, you've taken someone who's flipping burgers, yeah. You know, up north. I'm not being rude about flipping burgers or being up north. Neither. What I'm saying is they were not established artists, or the most they've ever done is sung sung in a pub. We took them to 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 being. On tour, doing 32 arenas. We did four nights at the O2. The more you do from Russ, the more they hate you. It's they, oh, they hated me. No, no they because hated they, me, they, they hated my partner. And it's like, it wait weird? a minute, uh, five minutes ago, you know, you're singing in your local pub to three people. You're now singing at the O2 Arena in London to 15,000 people. 
for four nights. And they hate you. And uh, <laughs> it was the classic thing. The last gig we ever did, the last gig we ever did, right? They wouldn't even talk. I had to get text messages from them. They were in the same room. It's just crazy. Mate. Thought, this, oh, is good, this is good stuff for the yeah. for the listeners because it's a good it's a good story. You know, it, but, but, do, do you know what? what, what, what so you, you do that right, but you now you're a drummer too. <laughs> you're, no, let's coming on from you. Did this? You're a drummer, okay? You're a drummer. Yeah, get on the yeah. thing. Did this put yeah. you off music? Did this put you yeah, off? Yeah, completely. I can't listen to music. Uh, I don't. I am neither listen. myself nor my partner can listen to music. Um, it's taken me years, years to be able to even start to listen to music. And if uh, a modern singer comes on, I have to flick channels. It's like a sort of the most visceral, horrible reaction. Every emotion comes back to me. Um, it's, it's, it's extraordinary what it does to me. It's not even a red rag to a bullet. It almost destroys me. Yeah. Um, so I never, I only listen to audio books and I listen to talk radio stations. And what turned it? For me, was somebody said to me, it was just a pal of mine, who said, you're putting all this effort and everything, why don't you just promote yourself? I said, what? He said, you, they haven't got the talent. There you go. Yeah. Why don't you just promote yourself? Right? And I, I'm, not, I, I'm not like that. I thought, oh, no, I, I don't think so. You know, I like to be behind. And then I thought, this is stupid. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. You know, we had a, a, a singer who... Um, it wasn't the band, it was a singer. And she had a, she had a very good voice, as it so happens. Um, and then you turn up an hour and a half. This is like, you know, we're, we're doing everything. Uh, taken across to Sweden and everything. <laughs> and uh, she turns up, my partner and I was waiting for her. She's an hour and a half late for a meeting. I said, well, where have you been? Well, you know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. What? hour and a half late for, to meet us and the, the best thing was and these this is where i blame cal and i've known simon cal for years you know is personally he's a very nice man as a person i wouldn't want to do any business with him but he's a very personally he's charming and uh, uh the classic phrase she said to my father i was born to be a diva ah oh. what what are oh. you talking about this was the person we've got the best producers in 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 britain and I got, we got a phone call. Russ, we love working with you and my partner's name. Love working with you. Don't ever send this person to me again. I said, what's the matter? Now, you know, when you're writing, you use what they call a, just a click, just to get the time. It just literally does that. Yeah. You know, it's just a sound that just, so you can get the rhythm, you get the beats per minute, so you can start writing. Yeah? This <laughs> idiot took an hour. She didn't like the tone of the click. She, it, this is just doing, didn't like the tone. They, they wasted an hour. Remember, this is costing a fortune. I, I thought these people, it's just not worth it. And then you realize, right, when not you come across time. that, that there's no, there's just no hope with certain people like that. And there's no it's, hope, no point it, in it, trying. The whole thing is this a lot of it is this X factor thing, um, which if it was just light entertainment would be fine. But what it's done is brought up a generation who think you can do it. Now, you're a professional. You've been doing this for years, right? You have skill, right? The, the, the whole X factor nonsense is you can go from nothing to being a multimillionaire in four weeks. 
Sure. And all your life will be fabulous. Life isn't like that. And how many songs do you know? Think it is. They know three songs. I'm saying, how many songs do these people? Most of them know two or three songs. To be a proper professional performer, you've got to have a repertoire. They don't get taught. They've got so if it fails, right, Russ, which it's going to do with 99 or 98 percent of these people fail. If they at least had a repertoire. Of, of say you know an hour's material they could at least go do a gig and fulfill something in their musical mm. you know life trouble is they don't and that's where they a end hobby. up doing do it as a hobby I mean, you're, you're, the other thing which which I, I rarely get the chance to talk about but i'd like to because you're a musician we did a lot of school tours uh, if you're not in the music business you wouldn't know that most bands even from one direction onwards you do a school tour that's how you build up your fan base yeah and then it then it grows from there school tours are a very well-known thing and so we toured schools from Scotland to Wales, everywhere. I'm all, I'm, I put on thousands, I'm tens and tens of thousands of miles behind the wheel and driving everybody around. And every teacher in every school around the UK would say the same thing to me, and it was very, very telling. I can't sing, right? You can sing and play. I can't sing. But everyone, so I, I'm no good at athletics. I know that. So. In the old days, you could say, you know what, um, Mary uh, or Peter, um, maybe singing isn't your strongest point, but why don't we do some acting or why don't you go behind the scenes and direct yeah. or produce or paint the scenery? Or, you know, it's just, you can't do that anymore because what every teacher said to me the next day, the parents would come storming into the school, start screaming and shouting literally at the teacher, you can't tell my daughter or son that blah, 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 blah. Because they're they're hoodwinked by this bullshit that comes on on a Saturday. <laughs> it used to come on on a Saturday. No? It's madness. Unbelievable we've gone in this direction because I feel exactly the same way about it. I feel that I can't go in the boxing ring. I might want to be a boxer, but I haven't got the bloody aptitude to do it or whatever. Nowadays, yeah, yeah. nowadays everybody seems to think they can sing. I mean, I've had people contacting me about Ronnie Scott several times or the 100 Club. <laughs> Oh, Ray, uh, my daughter or my, my girlfriend, the last one, is a great singer. Can she come and join you at Ronnie Scott's? Now, no. I'm not an arrogant person. What am I going to say? So I'll try to say, well, look, it's not Ronnie's policy. What I really want to say is, listen, it took me 20 years to point. get in this club of queuing up in the bloody foyer, yes. talking to Pete King, who was a Rottweiler, this guy, the late, great Pete King, Ronnie's partner. And he would just say, I'll come back next year, son. And it took me 20 years of bringing reviews into him. You, you, and so I, I, I'm too polite. I'll just say, well, it's not the policy. But you've got to say, you've got to earn these things. You've got to have the talent and then the drive. If you don't have either, you know, and, but a lot of people who want to sing, they don't simply have the talent. Do they? I'm they laughing don't because the we would have choreographers and vocal cab. We've got the best of the best. And I look one day and one of the kids... It's miming in rehearsals. And I went, I'm sorry, what, what are you doing? She's miming in rehearsal. Miming I hadn't even learnt the words. No, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's costing you hundreds of pounds an hour. Hundreds. And it's, you're thinking, it's a devalued it's, music, is it? Music has become a devalued skill. But the positive side of it, Russ, is I believe this pandemic, for all its terrible things, has brought the positives out that those of us who, who can play and sing and who can, yeah. who can do it can still manage to cobble together a show online. You yeah, know, if great. you've got to have the talent to do that, uh, you it's can't mime. No, so, in one sense, I do believe that the talent will shine through. But let me just go, just, just, um, yeah. 
You, so you did the music, all this business. It, it, it sounds like a bloody nightmare. But, it was horrible. I, even talk about it now, it actually makes me feel. I can see. Makes me feel quite ill. You're punching this little TV screen. I can see you through. I, I really. You oh, know, if I could do it all again, I'd be Don Arden. Oh, I would be a monster because that's be, the only way to do yeah. it. And you realise why some of these people were monsters? I totally, as well. absolutely yeah. get the Don Arden approach. That would have been. If I, God forbid, I ever had to do it again. Or the Buddy Rich approach as a band leader. See? I would be, I yeah. would be a monster like they were, because that's <laughs> the only way that they, you would get any, any result. But you know, I'll just, to, to just kind of move on to the, to the fact that you're also this man who is Russ Kane of many talents is a novelist with your Gatekeeper mm. novel, which is incredible, and got some some wonderful. Uh, um, Endorsed by people like Anthony Horowitz, you know, it's yeah, incredible. I mean, that like, what, what's probably, going on with the book now? What's that was probably the greatest accolade of my entire life. That's the thing. If you say, "What's the most thing you've ever proud you're most proud of?" Even including Capital, we had you know, four million listeners a day and all the rest of it. Getting that quote from Anthony Horowitz, who is one of my writing heroes, uh, means more to me than all of it put together. That that's how much it meant to me. Um, it was incredible. I've admired Anthony Horowitz for so many years. And, and now we've met, uh, which was incredible. Uh, and uh, oh, I kept pinching myself, to be perfectly honest. Um, he's a charming, charming man and so damn talented. I, I've only ever wanted to be a writer. I only wanted to be a writer since I was seven. That was it. I had no interest in anything else. And, uh, you know, if you said you've got to do one thing, well, writing, that would be it. You know, if you wow. don't even do, yeah, yeah. I, I love the writing process. I am a year behind with the follow-up to the Gatekeeper. I mean, the Gatekeeper did such work, did okay, did well, was nicely received. People seem to like it. I am a year behind because the pandemic just put my brain into neutral yeah. in so many ways. Uh, but I've got to get onto it because my literary agent is getting very yeah. fed up with me, and I don't blame him. Just, you know, I just couldn't couldn't do it. I'm up to chapter five. Book two is called Invasion. You know, the weird thing was that my second book was originally called um, Agenda 21, and it was about vaccinations. <laughs> and all the publishers said, really? no, we don't want that. It'll never <laughs> happen. <laughs> we don't want that. This was before, this was in 2018. And they said, oh, no, no, that's never going to work. We want, we, will, we like your story. Uh, could you make book three, book two? And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. That's what all the publishers said. And it's hilarious because now yeah. it, it would have been like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're ahead of your time. But you took us completely. I was two years ahead of now the world. <laughs> so when do you reckon your, your second novel will be done? Or is it impossible? Oh, about to say? half past five this afternoon, Ray, probably. <laughs> get by, sort of After I stop wasting your time. No, no, no. It, it's going to take months. It's going to take months. Yeah. But I, I'm determined. I've got to do it. I can't let myself down. I, I can't let myself down. I, I can't let my, my agent down. And, I, and you know, uh, I, I, I would be not doing myself a favour. I'd, I'd be cross with myself yeah, if course. I hadn't written it. You know, so it's a, it's a very interesting story. But the problem it's is, a story. Yeah, yeah. it's basically in a nutshell, how would you control an entire nation? And this was all before all of this. The thing is, Ray, every, no matter how extreme I make the storyline, Real life is more extreme. Yeah, it's getting more extreme. And I'm having to make it more and more crazy because life is so bonkers, you know? 
Isn't that Six. something? I know you've told me the story about the over over a smoke. You've told me the story about the invasion, or and it sounds bloody fantastic. You oh, know, thank I, you. I really look forward to reading. Thank you. But li listen, mate, we've done nearly an hour, so I'm worried this Zoom's going to run out, and we're going to have to worry about how to save the audio. But I just want to ask you that so we, we've done we've done <laughs> oh, the men. You're carrying on with the men's radio, which I, I enjoy yeah, very I, much. I, I love Brilliant. doing that. It is a labour. It is a. It's not just a labour of love, but we get so many encouraging messages from all over the world saying thank you because it's only about mental health and well-being it's not it's not a chit chat like this it's it's we yeah. we totally focus on mental health well-being suicide prevention depression and all areas of mental health and um it it it, it, it it'll spike so badly in 2021 this year um there's no two ways about it it was getting bad last year so whatever we can do to help we 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 will we're, no, we're trying we do our best anyway you know without without a shadow of a doubt and i've i've you know listened to it been a guest on it and i think you're doing a you know you and phil are doing a, a wonderful thing oh, thank um, you. when you're back tomorrow yeah 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 yeah, but yeah we started right. started Monday. We'll we're listen. back again tomorrow and what is interesting some really great broadcasters out of the blue are contacting me oh we'd really like to to come on which is which is very flattering and and and, and wonderfully surprising Brilliant. and uh you know i'm very honored to have them on board it's, it's the positive russ the positive side of social media is doing stuff like that and what i've seen other other people do you know of getting on and doing something positive because you know we don't want to get in this now but as we were discussing quite recently places like twitter and whatever they can be the most toxic horrendous Awful. sewers Awful. of platforms and Awful. um Sometimes, at least, you know, when you do something like the Facebook Live stuff, it's it, it's putting a bit of positivity to social yeah. media. Because I know you um, phone me, because sometimes you're foaming at the mouth and absolutely fuming. Yeah. And I go, right, there's nothing you can do about it. Ignore it. Don't engage. If you engage with them, you're pouring yeah. petrol on a fire. It's just you can't win. Just walk you can't win. You're and never going to win it. You can't no. fix stupid. You, you can't. can't and the, and the, 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 yeah. You know what it's about? It's about when we were growing up, You'd have a discussion in a, in a bar or something, and you'd say, well, we'll agree to disagree, and you'd shake hands. Sure. That's fine. You can have your view. I can have my view. But now that's not allowed. It's like your view's the only view that's right, Yeah. and everybody mm. else is a moron. And, and, and as I commented on your no, no, I commented on your thing yesterday, and again, we don't want to get political here or whatever, but yeah. I have found <laughs> some of the most horrendous horriblest worst people i've dealt with have all the right pro all the right stuff in their bio you know caring people stop the war oh, yeah, I'm, nhs I'm caring... and, and they've turned out to be the most horrendous the monsters monsters listen <laughs> finally right finally when we when we when we, when we wrap, i, I want to wrap that. this i want to wrap this by asking you something one we're, we're good yeah. cigar smoking buddies right and it's one way yes, we have we, we have a good time what does it what does a kind of good cigar mean to you you know what? Everything. What is the, the you know? Everything. What do you get it's, out of it? It's um, it's like meditation. It's 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 the ritual of the cigar. It's the you know the the cutting of the end, the the smelling it first, the feeling it, even listening to it, the anticipation of enjoying it, the whole lighting process, that first wonderful puff, and then as the complexity of the cigar changes because it should be in three stages. It's just a wonderful thing. It gives you a feeling of well-being. It gives you a feeling that life's not so terrible. Yeah. And it's just for that 40 minutes, hour, depends on the length of the cigar and how long you got. You know, you can just be in a different world. And it, it, it's quite meditative. You know, I like it. Well, Russ, 
I really hope, mate, that we can meet for a cigar very, very soon. But I just want to say, you've been one of our most interesting guests. So many thanks for coming on the Gelato's Parlour. Thank you. You're very kind. See you soon. Uh, I look forward. I look forward to seeing you uh, at some point in the near future. Take okay, care. Everybody. Bye. Well, that was my very special guest, Mr. Russ Kane. What an interesting fella. Um, we're going to have many more guests on Gelato's Parlor, and I do appreciate you for continuing to listen. Um, if you want, you can leave a very small contribution. I've got a PayPal link up, and uh, it does help me keep these things going. Please be kind enough to leave some nice reviews. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but reviews really help me, so thank you very much. Hope you'll continue to listen. Goodbye until the next time.